live and we're live. So, um, hello everybody. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, my name is Jake from Umbrella IT Services, and today we're going to be talking about social media marketing uh, with my good friend Gabby Dickert from GD Commerce. So, uh, I know that social media is a crazy combination of art and science that can be a little bit overwhelming for most folks, especially if you don't have any previous experience working with these platforms like Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Instagram, etc. But thankfully today we do have an expert with us that can give us some insight on how to leverage these tools in a practical way. And uh, Gabby's going to be here to provide us with some resources and tips so that we can get started in the right direction or we can optimize things if we're already working on our social media strategy. So thank you very much, Gabby, for coming in today. Um, how's your day going? Oh, just glorious. <laughs> That's good. So yeah, I have a couple things uh, that we wanted to kind of dive into, but if you could give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and to GD Commerce to get started, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started GD Commerce uh, arguably three years ago. It could be argued for two and a half, two and a half years ago. Um, but uh, I began my entire journey through Shopify. So um, that's kind of my first big job out of university. Um, in university, I studied management economics and finance, and I focused on project management as well. Um, and so right after school, jumped into the tech world and uh, quickly got promoted to be a, an e-commerce consultant for some of the largest brands on the platform. And, cool. you know, I saw all of these people with all of their successes. And of course, they have these massive teams behind them, but uh, all of the teams were doing the same things. So I felt like it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, rocket science I felt like it was a formula that everyone was just implementing and I thought well if it's just a formula can't we take this to smaller businesses and uh, that was that was my focus I wanted to start GDC so that we could help uh, the little guy be able to have those same successes yeah that's awesome um, I do have a number of questions here for you so just for people getting started um, what kind of mindset and what kind of tips do you recommend people usually outline when they're getting started with their social media strategies yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the mindset for any entrepreneur um, is going to be very, you have to be very streamlined, right? You have to be really focusing on the objectives. What are you really trying to achieve? Um, and then making strategic decisions so that you can focus on those objectives. Of course, overall mindset, um, you know, being able to motivate yourself and, um, I think once you have those clear objectives, everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah. Um, but also being really passionate about what you're doing. A lot of people, you know, make decisions. But we are back now. So um, as Gabby was just saying, uh, the reason why she got into it was she wanted to help small businesses leverage uh, the big business technology she had experience while working with Shopify with. So um, do you have anything else that you would want to expand on why you got into it and anything else people should know about your business before we move on? Um, yeah, no, I think that pretty much summarizes why, why I got into it. Um, in terms of anything about my business, anything about GDC, um, today we've grown a lot in the past three years. Today we work with, um, varying businesses. So, um, everyone from major corporations, uh, down to people who are just starting out. So, um, whether you're selling something online or just have uh, a need for a checkout or perhaps 
Um, you don't even have a need for a checkout, but you just want a website. I still think Shopify is a really good platform. Uh, we build websites, we do online marketing. Um, we also offer recruitment services as well. Very so cool. um, that's GD Commerce today. The, the core of it is of course, um, consulting. So we always want to let you know what we think that, uh, that you should be doing um, because we just want to take whatever it is off of the business owner's hands. Yeah. So a lot of the time what I hear from people is that, you know, they know that they have to get their marketing done or they know they need a new website, whatever. They just don't want to think about it. Um, so we work with people with varying level of um, their input mm -hmm. to then uh help them and, and be an extension of their business. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we have a very similar mindset at Umbrella. Um, okay, so yeah, some of the topics that we're gonna dive into quickly now, we've got the introduction out of the way, will just be how to get started with social media marketing. Uh, we're gonna be helping folks on refining their brand, uh, what tools and resources that they can leverage, and a number of other topics. So um, the very first thing that I do wanna ask you is, is what would be your favorite aspect about the field of marketing in general and then social media marketing. Um, as a small business owner myself, um, I'm very ignorant with this stuff and I'm just starting to kind of put my toe into the water. We've been operating for about seven years now and uh, I've just operated off of word of mouth. That's been very good for my business. I'll go to networking groups. Um, I'll have friends of friends refer things. My existing clients will refer me clients, but I've never really try to broadcast a message or refine my brand or focus on things like that. I usually just focus on, okay, here's a problem. I know I can fix that problem. I know I can do it better than anyone else. And I'm going to talk to my local community about that, but I've never actually tried to do a big broadcast. So what would, what would be your favorite aspect of social media marketing? And what do you think the biggest benefit is for businesses like mine or larger, more established businesses or people that are just starting off? Right. So there's a lot, there's a lot in that question. So my favorite thing about um, any online marketing or social media marketing is having the ability to speak one-on-one -on -one with your customer. Um, and I feel very passionately about that because um, it, it's very akin to my roots. So before I went to school, I haven't mentioned this yet. I actually worked in radio and television. And when you're doing that, you're also talking to one person. And yeah. so you're at the end of the day, you're really building a relationship with whoever, whoever you're listening to. And so ultimately at the end of the day, social media marketing is just building a community of people uh, that you're having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with. Um, because often when you're having these conversations um, and you're being authentic in those interactions, people feel like they have a relationship with you um, whether or not that's a two-sided relationship mm -hmm. um, they feel like they know you in a certain way and that extends to influencers and individuals as we're using our own accounts uh, but uh, that also uh, extends to your business and so um, one thing I, I like to think about when we're looking at massive corporations um, is we still want to kind of relay the same things that we're relaying as a mom and pop shop when we're looking at social media and that's that there's a human behind the brand mm -hmm. um, as soon as you add in that human element um, that's why if you're looking at really successful twitter accounts for example um, like taco bell and wendy's they have um they're very much there is a person 
behind that account. Everyone knows there's a person behind that, that account. Um, and, and we know the tone of voice for those accounts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've ever interacted with them or seen memes with, from those accounts, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, and so while you really need to know who you're talking to, uh, you want to you wanna do the same type of thing, right? You want to showcase, okay, here's the person, here are the human elements behind this business um and let me broadcast those out to the world but in a way that's still in a one-on-one that makes sense Um, so so rather than go with the traditional like tv and 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 movie marketing and that kind of stuff and having the sterilized um as i said earlier broadcasted messaging you actually kind of want to go for a more humanized vulnerable legitimate kind of uh conversational tone versus that sterile corporate tone then is that is that correct yeah, I, and I mean the the tone of voice that you're using really depends on the type of, the type of business that you have, and and ultimately it comes down to who you're talking to. So how would um, you? Because, oh, sorry, sure. go, go go ahead. Sorry. Um, but at the end of the day, yes, any any tone of voice that you're using still has to have an authentic human element behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. How would you uh, recommend that people kind of get that community going? Like, what, what would be the best way to kind of create that engagement uh, organically? Where um, obviously you have to start off broadcasting. Again, I've just started doing this YouTube stuff and I've now yeah. got a bit of a feedback loop happening, which is really nice, but that's because I already mm-hmm. had an established business. So I've mm-hmm. had some friends reach out on LinkedIn. I'm going to be doing a, a video because of their uh, suggestions and feedback. But then a lot of my clients are just saying, hey, we want this, we want that, we want this now that you're doing it uh, in a digital format. So it makes it much easier for me that loop kind of started. But if you're someone who's a startup, or you're someone who is an established brand, and let's say your client base isn't necessarily on social media, how do you recommend that people kind of get that spark going so they can create their community, they can get the organic engagement going? Um, what are some tips for folks just starting off with social media? Yeah, so the fact is your audience is on social media. The question is what platform are they on, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the one of the first steps that you have to do is identify who your target audience is. And then the second step is making sure um, you're directing everything, every step after this, every step after the first one, so making sure that every decision you make is targeted toward those people. So um, one of my big philosophies is that I think it doesn't make sense for every person to be on every social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'll repeat again and again and again. It just absolutely doesn't make any sense. People are wasting their time so that they can you know, post on Instagram every day, post on Facebook every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And there, that's just not a very strategic way of trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so the first thing you have to do is identify where your target audience is. So mm-hmm. if you identify that that's, you know, YouTube and LinkedIn, that's one audience. Some other people's audiences will be on Instagram and TikTok. And you see, but you just want to make sure that you're focusing on creating really valuable, really like, like content that is serving your audience Mm -hmm. so that they're receiving something for following you. And I think a lot of the times people will, you know, start a social media account and they'll say, sell, sell, sell. This is what I do, blah, blah. And 
okay, that's not a great way to start. Yeah. Um, you really want to continuously serve your audience. Um, and in terms of actually bringing people on, I think number one is to serve that great content, content that helps your, your target audience. And then the second part, and this is the most important part, um, is you really have, well, arguably the most important part, um, you really have to engage with folks who are in your community on that platform. Gotcha. So oh, the biggest mistake I see people make is they go on and they say, okay, well, here's my really great content. I'm serving this to you. You need to now accept it. It's just like, okay, but there's also an entire other part of any social media platform out there, and that's engagement. Yeah. Um, and, and without engagement, you're not going to be able to do anything. So that means commenting real authentic comments on other people's depends on where you are on other people's videos on other people's uh, LinkedIn pages, sharing really, uh, you know, great blog posts, um, or sharing something that you see and saying, oh, okay, well, this might be able to still serve my audience or um, yeah, engaging in the comments is going to be the best thing, no matter what platform you're on. If you're engaging in those comments um, and you're following people who, you know, either have um, a complimentary business to yours or people who have a similar audience, whether or not their business is complimentary to yours, uh, those are those are the best ways to actually grow your audience and get your content in front of more people. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds, yeah. it sounds to me like, like someone like myself, like I'm in a very good position there and I have a cousin doing mortgage brokering now, and he's also very passionate about what he's doing. But it sounds to me like if you're passionate about your business, you're at a huge advantage over someone that's in it for the money because you're going to, okay. you're, I'm already doing that. Like I don't do that intentionally, but um, for example, on LinkedIn, I saw someone shared a whole visual representation of how you can use intranets inside of your business. So I know to 99% of people, that's something that you would watch to fall asleep. And then for me, that's really exciting. So I, I shared it, I was commenting on it, but it wasn't because I was thinking about it as a corporate representative. It's because me as Jake the Nerd is very interested in how you can further develop intranets and provide visual representations and help people kind of digest that data. So, um, yeah. so essentially then you would say have an organic message make sure you're talking about things that you're really interested in get involved in the community that already exists online and then just be yourself and make sure that people understand that there's a human behind the screen and it's not just a business trying to sell people stuff would you say that's a good summary for getting started and, and kind of how to approach this stuff absolutely yeah and Perfect. i think the the get involved aspect of that is the is the aspect that most people are overlooking gotcha cool yeah. Okay, so you did mention earlier that uh, you kind of already doing the traditional media thing. How did you make that transition? And have you noticed any benefits from working in traditional media and moving into the digital media space? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, that's a really interesting question because uh, very, very few people ever ask me that question. <laughs> um, so I, I left traditional media because I felt like I, I had... Uh, I had gotten to a place within it where it wasn't going to fulfill what I was looking for long-term. Um, so I had had, you know, minor success and uh, the trajectory that I was looking at was just not fitting in the lifestyle that I wanted. Uh, so I ended up moving to Australia, coming back to Canada and then starting at university. 
Um, but I continued to do marketing throughout my life and I never thought too much about it. I just knew that that that's that's the type of jobs that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it served me is that at this point, I've been working in social media for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working in marketing for 12 years. So whether that be, you know, copywriting or blog writing, uh, managing different social media accounts. Um, like I would, I would used to manage the social media accounts uh, for the radio stations um, and things like that as well. Um, and so a lot of while, while marketing, digital marketing changes constantly. Um, I and I assume this is very similar for you as well. Oh, yeah. The industry itself is is changing constantly, but there are a few things that are just foundational um and so you're just continuously building over time and of course like as i've worked in sales and so i've pulled things from sales and i've pulled things from obviously project management and all of these different things so that now i'm able to provide a lot more context when i'm um when I'm trying to build a strategy for social media and I look at a much larger picture now mm-hmm. um, than, I, than I would have when I first started. And I think that many people do when they, when they're starting working with social media now. Gotcha. Yeah. I, th- I think having, sense? yeah, I think having a comprehensive outlook is really important. Um, mm-hmm. Coming from a trades background myself, that, that really ties into a lot with IT. It's a lot of people don't really think of IT as a trade. Some people do nowadays. Um, but yeah, having that background and the diversity and the ability to kind of see things does make a big difference for clients. What would be mm-hmm. some of the biggest benefits that you've noticed for people that are successfully implementing your strategies and kind of going with the mindset that we discussed earlier? What, what kind of benefits can they see from their business? Is it going to be a 500% ROI? Are people going to start recognizing their brand more? Like what kind of stuff can people expect if they were to implement this stuff for over, let's say a year? Yeah. So if you're working um, exclusively with a strategy that's just um, just pushing social media, um, I I would I would say that's going to be really great for your brand. Mm-hmm. So people are going to be able to recognize you um, depending on who you're targeting, but people in your community um, will recognize your brand. A lot of the times, what people will use social media marketing for is to reinforce their sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the sense that they will target people who they want to sell to, and then they will um, try to convert them, uh, obviously, from social media. Um, but if they're not able to do that, they can then reach out to them because they're technically warm leads um, and they already know something about your business. They already identify you as the expert in your field. And so what that does is it makes the sales process when it comes time a lot simpler and a lot more of just top of mind, especially if it's if it's um, a field where uh, you know, people know they're going to need you, but they might not need you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's maybe like yourself where people, um, maybe they have an IT guy, but their IT guy isn't that great. And then, um, you know, they want to keep an eye out. So they're following your account. They're saying, okay, Jake really knows what he's talking about. Okay. My guy, you know, we had this problem last week and then maybe two weeks down the road, a month down the road, you're talking about that exact problem that their other IT guy wasn't able to solve mm-hmm. or had, had a difficulty with. 
So when people are seeing that, it, it really aids in your sales process. Maybe that person will reach out to you, um, but maybe you'll target them through ads. And then one day they'll just be like, you know what? I really do know that this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, and maybe you'll reach out to them. Maybe you'll see them at an event. Uh, social media really works best when it's a, an integration of a much larger marketing strategy. Gotcha. So you... I, I very rarely recommend social media being your only uh, marketing, but I also know for like very new brands, often social media is your only marketing strategy. And I think when you're first starting, that's fair because obviously marketing costs money. Yeah. Um, and technically social media is free, but uh, it, it, it's free in the sense that it's a trade of your time for, for something. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe we can have you on next time to discuss like a more in-depth comprehensive strategy and kind of how that one section of social media marketing ties into everything else um yeah. so yeah it, again it sounds like if, if you are involved in your community and you're generating value for people and you're breaking down concepts and you're, you are adding value to the conversation people will kind of tell you what it is that they're interested in like again for example i had somebody say i need to know something about backups for small businesses I need to know how to make sure my computers don't slow down. What's the best way for us to purchase new equipment? Um, do we really need to be spending $10,000 on a firewall? I've had a ton of questions since I've done just the security uh, seminar and the Microsoft seminar and people saying they want to transition from Google to Microsoft because of all the features. Um, so all I did really was put out a little bit of knowledge that I had into the community into a, a video and I'm, I'm very happy that people took the time to watch that three-hour video or just skip to the parts they were interested in but again I think it all kind of ties back into that feedback loop so um, it sounds to me again like if if people are gonna be generating uh, legitimately valuable content people will tell them I'm interested in this this is what my business needs this is what I need this is what my friends are interested in etc and then it, it, it kind of sells itself like all you really need to do is not focus on the selling and focus on just giving people the opportunity to hear what you're saying. And then if they are looking to purchase that, they will naturally and organically trust you already. And that conversation will be a naturally occurring thing. Is, is that also correct? Yes, no. but. So my big but here is that you, you still need to make it easy for the person once they make the decision um, to know more. So what that looks like is, for example, if you have um, like any about us page, but I'll, I'll use an Instagram page as an example. Um, a lot of the times a, a, a big mistake that businesses will make is, you know, they'll put um, their bio saying, um, or, or their bio will be simple, but doesn't really explain what they do. Um, just somebody going on will have to scroll through their feed to kind of uh, assess what someone does. The biggest thing that you need is if somebody goes to your help page or somebody clicks a link in your bio, they need to know what you do. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not even going to click the link until they know what to do um, or what you do. So uh, if we're looking at um, an Instagram page, for example, we'll want to make sure that you utilize the highlights, for mm. example. Yeah. Let them know what your services are show them some testimonials of other people who are using your service and really enjoy it. Um, you know, let them know about some of your different offerings so that they can make the decision for themselves. Oh, this is what Jake from Umbrella IT does. I had no idea. Okay, so this can help my business. Mm -hmm. And you really have to 
um, you have to use those tools on social media to hold someone's hand and guide them to take the action that you want so that you are able to convert the folks that are interested in converting directly from social media. Gotcha. You have to make that easy for them. Do you have an example yeah. of any, like using Instagram as an example again, do you have any examples of brands or businesses that have done a good job that people can go look at? Because uh, again, like Im imitation is the best form of flattery, right? Um, is there a page or something like that that you recommend that you've seen that has done a good job leveraging Instagram and the highlights and the bio and just, you, you look at it and you're like, well done, instead of getting PTSD, looking at a page like my Instagram page, for example, which is That's not, so funny. <laughs> it, it um, ignores I'm, everything you just okay, said. <laughs> so the problem with bios is that they update a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, okay. So I just took a look to see if it was still up. But um, there's this guy, Casey Neistat, he's on YouTube, mm -hmm. and it's not like that right now, so people can't go take a look. Um, but Casey Neistat for a while had one of the best bios I've ever, like, I've ever seen because it was so easy. He said, it was something along the lines of, like, I make videos on YouTube, um, watch, watch it, or watch this one. And then, and then there was, like, two arrows, and it had the link to his latest video. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's quick. He, you understand what he does. And like, that was it. It yeah. was clean. It was simple. Um, and it was very, like, I assume it was very effective. Mm -hmm. um, somebody like Casey Neistat, I mean, the other thing is that they have the swipe up feature. Because as soon as you have 10,000 followers on Instagram in particular, um, you'll be able to tell people to swipe up. And then you can put a link directly in your stories. Um, but um, yeah, I can't think of any other examples on the spot of people who have really great bios, but the, like the formula is still the same. Like it's highlights, um, potentially frequently asked questions and yeah. testimonials. So testimonials provide social proof. Um, services, obviously tell people what you're doing and frequently asked questions, answer any quick questions that people might have immediately off the top of their head. Cool. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. Um, speaking of, uh, companies like mine that don't do a very good job, uh, with, with Instagram, uh, what are some common mistakes that you see people making, uh, when they're getting started with this stuff or just as they've been running the show for half a decade and they're still making the same mistakes? What are some really common mistakes that you see people making that have a bigger impact than they think they might? Okay. Um, so a big one is inconsistencies. So, and, and this kind of comes from, uh, the ethos of I need to post everywhere all the time. Um, people will create a lot of social media accounts and they won't necessarily do anything with those social media accounts. Um, and maybe they do for a month and then it trails off. Um, the best thing that you can do is be consistent. Yeah. So if you commit to posting three times a week on Facebook, post three times a week on Facebook, you can pre-schedule all that content um, so that you have a month's worth of content, three months worth of content, which is what I personally like to do. Yeah. Um, but make sure it's consistent. If you feel like you have a lot of time, don't, don't post three times a day, post three times a month, but do it for the next six months. You yeah. know what I mean? That makes sense. And then if you want to change things out, because of course, when you're posting that far in advance, you might lose tone. You might lose, you know, um, as we saw yesterday with, uh, the Instagram blackout, for example, um, if, if you had just scheduled a post 
Ooh, if you had just scheduled a post for yesterday, um, you would want to have gone on, gone in and made sure that didn't post, for yeah. example. And and you do want to make sure that you have your your thumb on the pulse of, or not your thumb, your finger on the pulse of whatever is going on on social media, so that you're not coming on off tone deaf. But going in and making those little changes takes a lot less work than going in every single day and coming up with, you know, a caption and a photo and whatever else gotcha. you need to be able to do the post. So, so lack um, of consistency is a big issue. Um, inconsistency is a big issue, um, but also um, not knowing who you're talking to. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, like you first identify who your audience is and then you consistently talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a big thing. Like you want to make sure that you're always talking to your audience. You don't want to just be talking to everybody because if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to no one. Yeah. Um, so you really want to target those audiences specifically. Uh, and if you have multiple audiences, that's fine. You just want to make sure that you're talking to the right people on the right platform. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it, essentially make sure you have clear messaging and then know who you're talking to and just stay consistent. That's it. Even if you're posting once a week, then you're posting once a week. It's better than not posting at all. And you know what? Like posting once a week is still significant. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lot of people are just like, oh, well, they, you only post once a week. It's just like, okay, well, that's what that person has capacity for. Yeah. You know, and you don't have, you know, the ability to hire someone to do your social media. And that's what you have. You have once a week that still benefits you through the algorithm as long as it's consistent. You yeah. do every Friday at 9 a.m., maybe 901, 902, fine. Um, you post at the same time every week. That's still great for the algorithm. They know that they're, that you're a reliable person. They know that you're engaged. Um, so I would say that the, the consistency is just number one. Gotcha. So two, yeah. two things really quickly. You, you mentioned posting on a schedule. You can pre-schedule all this stuff. So I kind of want to ask you about what kind of tools um, you recommend people use, whether that's software, resources, whatever. Um, but you did just mention the algorithm. Can you kind of break that down for people and, and what that means in terms of Google or Instagram? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I could. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a big question. Um, essentially, all the algorithms are a little bit different depending on what they're looking for, depending on what they're trying to optimize. Um, across the board, you can make a few functions on every single algorithm. So number one, uh, you need to engage. You need to engage in their community. So what is what does number- the algorithm do exactly? That's what I want to make sure everyone oh, is kind of on the same page about. Ab- yeah, absolutely. So the algorithm kind of identifies uh, whether or not your content is content that they want to push. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, their goal is to keep viewers on the platform or users on the platform for as long as possible. Um, so we want to be taking steps that help them achieve their objective. Mm. Um, And that's, if that's how you always think about it, you don't necessarily need to worry about, Oh, the algorithm changed or, um, you know, like this minor change, because at the end of the day, if you're doing the things that they need you to do, which are, you know, posting valuable content, creating new valuable content that keeps people engaged, Uh, If you are um, engaging with other creators on the platform um, and if you are, you know, being authentic in that and uh, not trying to use any bots or anything like that, um, you're trying to do that yourself, then 
you're working toward uh, you have a common goal yeah and then you know that the algorithm will work in your favor for gotcha. the most part. yeah because my my understanding of what an algorithm is is you have a company like you said facebook youtube instagram whatever and their goal, as you mentioned, is to get people hooked on their systems and they want you looking at it all day and they will make smart suggestions to you by using these algorithms. So if you're watching a sports video on YouTube, it's going to suggest a sports video next and then it's going to suggest another sports video and then it might suggest a commentator as part of that video and it'll just go on forward. So the way I understand that is it has a priority list of content that it pre-ranks to deliver to different people based on their behavior on the platform. And you as a creator can create content that will satisfy that algorithm and it will suggest your content to people that would not see it before. Is that is that correct? Is that a nice condensed version of it? I, I think that's a very well condensed version of okay. it. I think if you need to see an example of it, all you need to do is be on TikTok for two weeks before TikTok serves you content. I don't even know if it takes two weeks, um, but before TikTok serves you content that you think yeah. was literally designed for you. Gotcha. Um, so but if you very... think about it, you can also think about uh, in use of like your, your use of Spotify or something like that, um, where it then provides you with weekly roundups or yeah. whatever. I was going to say Amazon as well would be another good example of that, where people are talking to people about whatever, A&W or... They're, they're exactly. looking at cat toys or something like that. And then all of a sudden, the next two weeks, all you get is cat toy deals and this kind of stuff. So, okay, exactly. I'm, I'm glad we broke that down. Um, so, yeah, yeah back, back to the immediate question. Um, what kind of tools do you think people can use in their toolkit? So you already mentioned doing things like scheduling posts and being able to post to multiple platforms at once. Um, what, what tools do you guys use? What can we use? Um, what, what are some things that every small business should have in their toolkit um, moving forward? Because I know like for myself, I've heard of Hootsuite. I don't know if that's the right one. I've heard of Buffer, I think is the other one. Um, and I know for me, my iPad that I use for the marketing stuff, it's just got a row of icons and it's just Twitter, Facebook, uh, Facebook Pages Manager, uh, Google My Business and like a couple of other things. Um, are there apps we can use that'll do everything for us? Is there analytic tools we can use? Like what kind of stuff do you usually recommend as like a small business starter kit for social media? Yeah. So when I'm talking about a small business starter kit, mm -hmm. I actually want to recommend the absence of a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. um, so what I find is that when people are first getting involved in social media, they're like, okay, I need to download this. I need to download this. I need to do all these things. Um, and at the end of the day, there are maybe three things that you need. So number one, a content scheduler. And a content scheduler may or may not post um, what your content is, but it's a way for you to organize what content is coming up. Um, so whether that be a content calendar, Hootsuite, there's another one called Later that I really like, um, or even just using the platforms themselves. So if, for example, if you're scheduling Facebook content, you can do that right from within Facebook and pre-schedule it out for the next month or so, mm -hmm. however long you want. Um, so you can always just schedule it from directly within the app as well. Um, so, but yeah, scheduling content is going to be a lifesaver because you need to be able to do that. Yeah. Number two is the acknowledgement that analytics exist. 
Um, and so in order for you to get a business profile, you have to have 100 followers first um, on, on, sorry, on Instagram. Um, and so my first thing is if you don't have a business profile on Instagram or a creator profile, uh, that's necessary exclusively for analytics because you need to know who's following you. You need to know who are you talking to. Mm -hmm. And if your followers aren't necessarily the people who you want them to be, um, what you can do is you can actually check out your discovery page or your discover page on Instagram and see what types of content are showing up there. And that's the kind of um, content that kind of shows you who Instagram thinks you are. So you want to make sure that the content that's showing up on your discover page and thus the content that you're interacting with is content that your target market would want to interact with. Gotcha. Um, so the more drilled down that you can be with that content that you're interacting with and that you're sharing, uh, whether that be through the hashtags that you're using, the locations that you're using, um, different things like that, uh, the people that you're tagging, um, you want to make sure that that discover page reflects the people that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then the third thing is if you want to be more advanced in uh, your analytics, yep. which is going to be the most important part, um, you want to use UTM parameters. And UTM parameters essentially allow you to provide more information um, on what someone clicked on mm -hmm. uh, to get to your website. So that's a that's a longer term conversion thing, um, but I would I would do them in that order. So what does UTM stand for, and what is a UTM parameter? Because I, I actually don't even know anything. I about think that. it's urgent tracking module. Okay. Mo model. Urgent urgent tracking. So it's like a it's something. like a Google crawler basically, where it's something that finds something online, and it's a cookie tracer. So if someone goes to a website, if they click on a link, if they search something up, then it's going to say, this person looked at NASCAR. You probably want to going to send them some stuff about Budweiser. Like, is it that kind of stuff? It's not kind of that stuff. So essentially what it does is it, it's, it's, you have to provide um, your own context for it. Yeah. So what you do is you would add a link and it has to be a link to your website. Um, and then you give whatever information you want. So uh, whether that be the source, the medium, uh, any, any information about what you're putting that link on. So for example, uh, often what I'll do is if we'll have different links for, you know, people coming from newsletters, people coming from uh, Instagram, Facebook, but you can, especially with Facebook, you could really drill it down to this is the exact post that this person is clicking on. Yeah. So that, you know, okay, this um, provided with a conversion. Um, so anytime you're doing any sort of selling, anything like that, if you add those UTM parameters that have to be created, um, and then you, you would identify that information from within Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, if you go to that level of detail, that'll help you with the conversion part of gotcha. social media, so, so which basically, at the end of the day, everybody wants. Yeah. So it basically tells you like the person that went to this website came from Instagram. Yeah. And you okay. can drill it down even further. You can, depending on, um, you could give, you could give it a week, you could give it, um, depending on 
the link you can you can drill it down even to the link in the if you have link tree or some some sort of um, program that lets you put in different links yeah um, you can drill it down to which link they actually click gotcha. from instagram okay. as well so which what, is where, what provides you with a lot of data so you mentioned that we want to have a post scheduler and you said the facebook pages would just let you do that does instagram let you do that um, not from within Instagram, okay. uh, but that's when we would use something like later. Later. Okay. So later would you be your use, recommendation for scheduling. You could use Hootsuite as well. Um, Hootsuite, I just find is better for agencies or people who are, um, dealing with a lot of different account, um, a, a lot of different accounts. Um, and if you are, I mean, later is as well. Um, but I just find that Hootsuite has a level of, um, it, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than I think it needs gotcha. to be, whereas later is pretty straightforward. Okay, so if we use later for the post scheduling um, and then Google Analytics and Facebook Analytics, is there any other kind of platform you'd recommend for the analytics? Uh, no, I think Google Analytics is my personal, personal favorite mixed with whatever analytics that you get from the posting platform as well. Yeah. So um, from from Instagram, from Facebook. Uh, what I would say is start with that. There's always a way to take it up a level and always get more analytics. But if you're using Google Analytics and Facebook or Instagram, uh, you have the basics you need to be able to start making uh, data-driven decisions. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Um, cool. What, what kind of platforms would you recommend people get started with then? So like I know myself, I went with Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and then I just use Facebook as a signal booster, but I know that I already have a lot of very, very valuable conversations with people on LinkedIn. They're in my sector. Um, and I know that Instagram is just, I I'm already addicted to it and it's really easy for me to, uh, kind of promote the ideas that I'm trying to talk about. And a big thing for me is being able to visually represent the concepts related to it, because again, if, if someone starts talking to you about different encryption methods and how to secure your business and stuff like that, it, it gets very long winded and it's very difficult to keep track of things. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to get a visual format for that going on. So I decided to go with Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of lawyers and my target market on Instagram per se, looking at that stuff. But um, I do like the idea of people being able to see my business, go and do a little bit of research on it before they do a purchase with us and having Instagram be one of the top tier things. And they see all these visual representations of what we're doing. Um, so I'm going to start focusing on that. But um, yeah, do you, do you think that there's any specific platform, like a benefit to doing that? Or does that just kind of tie back into what you talked about earlier, where you have to identify where your target market is, and then you just kind of pounce on those platforms accordingly? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I would say uh, you could make an argument for your specific business mm -hmm. for Pinterest. If your end goal um, was uh, to focus on people outside of Vancouver as well, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So if you if you started doing, you know, a digital um, like more digital services yeah where you don't sense. have to necessarily be in person i think you could make uh, a really good argument for pinterest for you in particular yeah um and that's because you've you've talked about the visual elements things like that uh, but yeah at the end of the day it comes down to every specific business who your target market is who you're trying to focus on um and and, and yeah it, it includes things like okay well we need to tell this story with visual elements or um maybe our our story requires more video elements it, it both limits, but also um, 
it, it limits what platforms you should be focusing on. Um, but also, like at the end of the day, if it's if it's video elements, I mean, uh, across all platforms, you're gonna want to use some video elements if possible. Um, so it, it both limits it, but also um, provides you more opportunity. Gotcha. Um, so what I would say is first identify who your target market is, um, and then learn about those different um uh you know platforms and and which one your business should be on and that's something that we talk about in our social media training as well gotcha yeah the mm -hmm. social media training is great i want to get into that just in a, in a bit here um so what will be an example of a business that's kind of nailed the concepts that you're talking about whether that be on shopify or instagram or facebook or linkedin whatever um what would you say is a good example i know you already mentioned wendy's uh, maybe you could dive into how they've done such a good job with their social media. Um, and then what would be an example of a company that kind of went the other way? They use social media and it actually ended up hurting their business or their social media page hasn't gotten much traction, even though they're a multi-billion dollar corporation. Or maybe it's just a small business that kind of made the wrong statement at the wrong time. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, given the situation with the blackout yesterday, I don't think mm -hmm. anyone really wants to have like wells fargo giving them a bunch of advertisements right now and, and you know this kind of stuff so um yeah what would be an example of a business that's done a very good job and then can you explain why you think they've done a good job and then what would be an example of a business that's kind of dropped the ball and and the consequences of that mm -hmm. yeah two businesses two businesses come to mind um and i think i think what, the business that i really enjoy their social media presence on Instagram, for example, um, is Best Buy. Okay. Um, and I know that that's kind of weird um, because Best Buy, um, but they have really great integrations. I'm, I just pulled it up. No, yeah, of course. Um, they, they, they're been using a lot of video um, and they do some really fun um, animations yeah. with their products. They're, the amount of content that they're creating um, is just incredible, and it's not—it's not boring content. Like, you know, at the end of the day, what they're selling is, you know, equipment for a home, whether that be like computer equipment or kitchen equipment, uh, you know, TVs, appliances. Like, it's very hard to make that accessible and exciting. And yeah. I think Best Buy does a really good job of that to the point where they have hundreds of thousands of followers. And as Best Buy, I don't, like it blows my mind because I've been following them for about three years now, actually. And yeah. so just to watch this and, and see how it's progressed, it's been really cool. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through their page right now. This is like very, very, one, the aesthetic's really consistent, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, everything has like similar lighting. Um, mm -hmm. It looks like they're really focusing. I don't want to open anything because it's all IGTV that I could see. Um, yeah. So like you said, it's a lot of communication happening. And a lot of t it looks mm -hmm. like there's a lot of two-way conversations happening here. I can see most mm -hmm. of their posts have a lot of comments, lots of likes. Um, and yeah, they're really focusing on the people behind the brand. And they're focusing on, uh, you know, there's phones and a vase. There's, there's a woman and her child. So it, it looks to me like yeah. they're really, really focusing on, like you said, the people behind the brand. Really mm -hmm. consistent imagery. I'm going to assume they're posting these every day. Um, I can see a lot of the employees and then a lot of like just the little tiny things that I can see they're trying to highlight. Like there's a Marvel page, there's those little instant coffee things, 
um, mm-hmm. businessman and a businesswoman, older guy being helped out by somebody. Um, and then they're highlighting their employees. So that, that is really cool, actually. Um, especially yeah. given like my industry and they have the headphones and the laptops spelling out dad for father's day. Very cool. Um, cause yeah, it is, it is difficult to make tech sexy. Like I can't really go on and talk about like, Oh, you know, the new Cisco VPNs, they really good. You know, like no one, no one gives a shit that we've switched over from like PPTP to, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, doesn't resonate with people. People don't really care about that, but it is a lot easier to kind of be like, this is our employee. These are the things he's done. These are what we're going to try to do for you. These are the solutions we're going to bring in and the benefits you're going to get from these. So um, exactly. when, when you're focusing on those communications, I'm going to use my cousin again as an example, but he's talking about like mortgage financing, you know, like, mm-hmm. again, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how would you recommend somebody like that? Who's got kind of a drier topic? How do you recommend that they represent themselves and kind of break down those ideas on these platforms to make it Education. more engaging? Education. Yeah, education. Um, I think like I, I think with mortgage in particular, um, there's so many things around it that people don't know. And I think um, especially if he's targeting a younger, a younger demographic, um, there's just so much information that people don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting to me is that especially around finance in general, um, people don't talk about it. And this is actually low key something that I'm really interested in as well. But that's Um, because I studied management economics and finance. Um, And it's so interesting to me to see that, uh, you know, our generation, people our age are are functioning with so much debt and they're not trying, it's not necessarily that they're not trying, but they're not able to put themselves in a a much better scenario uh, financially. And I think when you're looking at mortgages, mortgages tie so closely to finance. Um, so I think it, whatever um, information that he can use to educate an audience, uh, I would suggest that he works pretty closely and collaborates with um, you know, a financial planner, perhaps um, uh, like an investment banker, perhaps different, and just talks about different types of uh, investing and why you would want to invest um, in a home and what the benefits are, because I think there's also um, a lot of, uh, you know, things going around about whether or not it makes sense to buy, especially in Vancouver. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's based in Vancouver, but, um, you know, whether it makes sense to buy versus whether you want to just invest your money in the, in the stock market. And um, what, because the way I see it is it's very much a, a trade off, right? So, um, what value do you get from having, from owning your home? And like, what, do, what does that provide you? Does that provide you with a sense of security? Does it provide you with a sense of accomplishment? And what is that worth to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if someone, if a mortgage broker in particular were to take it from an educational um, perspective and, and kind of showcase that, um, that sense of uh, potentially belonging in a community, potentially, I think security would be a big one. Yeah. Um, those types of things and, and showing people who have bought their homes or bought a condo or whatever, um, showing the positive light in that, then that would be beneficial for. Gotcha. So not even necessarily like, obviously it would be important for him to give updates and break things down. Like he, I saw one of his videos, he was talking about the bank of Canada did a change and now it's 0.4 or 0.298, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. that stuff is important, but also including things like 
how to get to the point where you can afford to buy a house and actually starting to kind of target like 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 you said if he wants to go after a younger audience he could take a more financial consultant slash advisory kind of thing and then when people are ready to buy they're like i've been following this guy for a year and a half on instagram i don't really know anything about him but i am now no longer buried in debt i've gone from living off of a thousand dollars a month like i did for a couple of years to get to be a little bit more financially stable and i just did it through restrictive budgeting but he might be able to say you don't have to live in poverty you can actually start putting 50 bucks away every month and that's your this budget and that's this and he can partner with financial advisors kind of the way that you and i have partnered and brought in it to bring in social media marketing and we're going to be bringing in kevin to talk about wordpress security and a bunch of other folks from all over the place and i'm trying to kind of build this community so it sounds like that's a good approach for him to take now, Absolutely, now, yeah. Now, kind of working with complementary businesses. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really good to know. Um, mm -hmm. That's more on the service side, which I think we've covered a lot of. Looking at more of like the product side of things. Last, I think this is would be pretty much the last question that I have for you. Would be uh, actually I have two more questions. So, um, looking at more of like the product side of thing, I have another friend of mine. She uh, has an online tea store. Um, with that kind of stuff where you're trying to promote products instead of services, is there a big difference or is it the same kind of thing? There is. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a significant difference because what you're, what you're trying to accomplish with, uh, product-based businesses is very different, right? With service-based businesses, uh, as I mentioned, you're, you're working to, um, you know, let people know about it. It's really a, a slow build. With product-based businesses, uh, the transaction is a lot cleaner, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you're saying, I have this to offer you. Yeah. If you want it, buy it. Yeah. So it's a lot more straightforward. Uh, and it's actually kind of interesting that we haven't talked about product-based businesses up until now. Uh, but I think also just with the nature of, of both of our businesses, it makes yeah. sense to go uh, for service space. Um, yeah. So I think there are a few things that somebody who had a product-based business can do. And the number one thing I would suggest, number one, hands down, number one thing, um, is to have uh, an online store mm -hmm. and uh, connect that to your Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, and that's because you want to make the checkout process as easy as possible so somebody who's selling tea um, obviously you're going to want to showcase the different benefits of the tea um, but also you do want to create a brand around that tea like what does it mean to drink your tea why am i drinking your tea instead of you know um david's tea or Tazo tea or mm -hmm. even just like orange peacock from the grocery store you know what i mean um, so I think telling that story around the brand and identifying the the lifestyle of the person who drinks your tea and showcasing that lifestyle, um, it's it's more important to come from that perspective when you're talking to your audience uh, than um, than necessarily showing you who the business owner is. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you have a product, the product can speak for itself. Um, but when you have a service-based business, the business owner or, or the team behind the business is really the face of it. Gotcha. And I think when, it, when we kind of tie it back to Best Buy, um, they're able to, to showcase both, mm -hmm. both the human element. And to be fair, they've only started to... Um, implement the human element into the Best Buy feed in the past 
like I would say probably it was in 2020 that they started to do that. Gotcha. Um, Someone got hired and fired. (laughs) (laughs) Had a bit of a shakeup most likely. Okay, cool. Um, And do you have any uh, influencers or market leaders that you would recommend people kind of follow? So I know obviously yourself, GD Commerce would be a good idea for people to follow just to get tips and then this kind of thing. Um, I know you guys put out a course recently. I'm about halfway through it and I've learned a lot through there. So I know that this interview is a much more casual, relaxed kind of thing. You guys are hitting people hard with facts there and it's very, very valuable. So I would recommend people check that out. But um, just in case of like, like I follow Gary V on Instagram. Um, I'm actually, I've been turned, the more I listen to him, the more I get turned off of him. But um, I follow him. I know he's one person I really like. And then I just follow a bunch of other leaders in my space, um, like Cisco Meraki and and other vendors and I follow other influencers who've kind of made, they've built an eight figure MSP a managed services provider like my company, they've sold it. And then they just go on Instagram and either they're doing things like charity, like one guy I know from Vancouver goes around in a Lamborghini and drives kids from St. Paul's hospital around, which is awesome. Um, but being able to just kind of see these leaders, um, like again, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I learned best from watching you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the brightest guy. So monkey see monkey do. And uh, do you have any uh, people you would recommend that people can follow for general things like marketing, social media marketing, anything, anything like that? Either it's yeah, people it, or associations. It's so funny that you say the longer you watch Gary Vee, the more you get turned off from, yeah. by him. And I, it's funny because I, I agree, but I think at the, at the core of Gary Vee, he has the right messages. Yeah. Um, but I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I but I would say Gary Vee is one of them. Um, there's another woman, her name is Jenna Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of watching someone build um build digital products and sell them, whether that be courses or um I think she mostly sells courses, but she also sells some other offerings as well. Um, Jenna, I think for for myself has been very good because we do um, similar work. Um, There there are a lot of people out there who are good at social media. And I think it just makes sense to follow whoever is good at social media in your industry Mm -hmm. um, or who's good at social media, but... uh, maybe is this like is speaking to an audience who has the same demographic that you're targeting yeah so for me um one of ours is the birds papaya who um just happens to be a girl from guelph i'm originally from guelph as well so um it's it's nice to kind of have uh that town connection um but other than that she's been able to build an audience of over a million people. I think if you find any person who um, was able to build an audience of over a million people, I would say even anything over a hundred thousand people, 300,000 people, uh, those people are are major influencers. Um, And then the other thing that I want to mention is that when you're looking at people in your own industry, people who have 10, 5, 10, 15, 20,000 influencers Mm -hmm. um, can often be more impactful than those really large influencers. Um, And so as businesses, as they're looking at people to collaborate with or people to, to kind of copy you want to look at people not necessarily based on how many influence or how many followers they have but what type of engagement they're getting 
And when you're finding somebody who is getting a lot of authentic engagement, they're getting a lot of comments, they're getting a lot of likes, um, and it looks like those comments are, are coming from people who uh, are genuinely, you know, responding to what that person has to say. Yeah. Uh, identify what they're doing, right? So a lot of a lot of social media is just seeing what other people are doing and then trying to, uh, you know. Uh, mold it into something that feels authentic for you and then putting that out there that makes sense. whether that has a different voice or it has a different tone or it has uh, a different message altogether so we did actually just get a question from uh vodasafe here one of uh our, our good friends of uh umbrella here they're just asking any particular advice for b2b marketing on social media and if I create content that is evergreen, should I post it to all of our social channels at the same time? Or is it better to stagger the content across the channels across several weeks? Um, so yeah, do you have any particular advice for B2B marketing and, and any answer to that question about staggering content? And thank you yeah. very much, Carlin, for, for that question. I'm assuming that's you behind the keyboard. So thank you for tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question. That's great. Um, yeah, absolutely. B2B, B2B content, um, I mean, you want to really focus on on making sure that you're on the platforms where uh, the people who are making the decisions are, but you also wanna make sure you're focusing on the platforms with the, the people who are likely to be the ones to reach out to you or who are gonna be looking for the solutions. Um, because with B2B, obviously, and we all know this, uh, you have you, you often have two different people, right? You have the, the person whose job it is to find you and then the person who has to make the decision. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to, you have, you, to a certain extent, have to target both of those people. First and foremost, you have to target the person who has to find you. Um, but then the person who has to make the decision, um, if they've heard of you before that, before the person who whose job it was to find you uh, brings you to their attention, if, if they already know about you, they've already seen something from you, uh, that's going to make their decision a lot easier. Um, so when it comes to sharing evergreen content, I mean, I love that you already have that information, right? I love that you already have the knowledge that, that that's what you need to be doing. Never post it on every platform at the same time. Um, and that's kind of the, the quick and dirty answer. Um, and I think, uh, I think the best way to do this is taking different parts of that content and sharing it on different platforms. So, um, it makes sense, right? Because if it's a blog post, you can fully share the entire blog post on LinkedIn. LinkedIn loves that. Um, so for sure, go ahead, share the blog post as a LinkedIn blog post killer. Love that for you. Um, but then when you're going to YouTube, for example, like you can't just share a blog post. Um, so if you're sharing anything on on uh, YouTube, perhaps you're um, creating a little video with a little sound bite or something like that. Uh, talking about the same concept. Maybe it's a little vlog where you're talking directly to the camera. Um, when you're translating that over to Facebook, perhaps you're sending a link to the blog and then uh, talking a little bit more about those, uh, the most important parts of it. Um, when it comes to Instagram, you're obviously going to need a graphic um, that uh, that shows the title or maybe shows some of the most important parts of it, maybe showcases uh, a quote from within it and then more information down below, link in bio. Um, but again, like if some, you have to be cognizant of the fact that the person who is following you might be following you on all those platforms. And we all know that nobody wants to see the same thing posted again and again and again. Um, so yeah, I would say stay here that over a period of time. Um, if it's a really 
it's a it's, if it's a really time sensitive blog i know for example when all of covid happened all of our clients wanted uh covid blogs we need to be updating our clients on what's happening right now for sure uh those types of things 100 percent across every platform share it yeah because it, it needs to get out there yeah uh, and that and that stands for something like like this as well what we're doing today like um we have this event this is coming up Share it across all your different platforms, share it in a little bit of a different way. But when you're coming to just creating different content, you want to do it in a very strategic way where you're thinking, okay, uh, we're going to share it on this platform today. Maybe we'll share something else on Facebook. We won't share anything on Facebook. Maybe we'll share about the exact same thing tomorrow on Facebook. So that if somebody didn't have a chance to read it on Instagram the first time, then they have a chance to read it on Facebook. Then they have a chance to read it on LinkedIn. Um, because a lot of the times the people who are following you are going to be following you on all the different platforms. That makes sense. Have you noticed a particular type of social media marketing or messaging has a bigger effect towards B2B than it does B2C? Um, and can you also just really quickly, I don't know what evergreen content is. What is evergreen content? Oh, evergreen content is just content that lasts uh, forever. Got it. Okay. Um, so it's something that doesn't necessarily have an expiration date. So a lot of the times uh, when you're looking at uh, creating content that benefits um, SEO, mm -hmm. uh, you'll create evergreen content and then it, you just take the date off the blog posts so that if somebody down the road is looking, they're not like, oh, this is from 2016. Gotcha. And on the business side of things, you're not like, okay, well, it's from 2016, but it's still relevant today. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so in terms of <clears throat> content specifically for B2B, like let's say I was going to design an Instagram page for a B2C uh, uh, business and a B2B business, what, what would be some big distinctions that you would notice on the B2B page versus the B2C page? There wouldn't be many on Instagram because at the end of or, the day, or, you're or still talking to or one Or any, any platform, I should say. Yeah, I, I still... Um, I think I stand by that. Okay. Um, because at, at the end of the day, you're still talking to one person. I think, um, what the, what the content looks like wouldn't change too much other than the fact that you're obviously talking about very different things. Um, what you want to keep in mind at any point, whether you're talking B2B or B2C, you're still talking to the person whose problem it solves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're just saying, okay, here is how we're solving your problem. Yeah. Here is how we're fulfilling an objective for you. So for Carlin specifically, I know she's, she's an engineering firm that's created some life-saving technology uh, that's able to see underwater. It helps rescue teams. There's, they've, they've done an absolutely fantastic job with that. So if their target market is going to be big unions that are part of life uh, uh, lifeguards, um, if they've got people doing search and rescue, like the police, this kind of stuff, what, what kind of content for that B2B relationship would they want to see? Or if it's easier for you, for a company like mine or a company like yours, what can we really do there? Because I know you mentioned targeting the person has to find you and then targeting the person that has to make the decision. But that can be very difficult for a company like mine where, okay, if I have to make content for let's say a law firm um or an engineering firm then yeah i want to go after something that's going to capture the hr's attention or maybe the receptionist's attention or one of the lead engineers attention um and then i have to have that followed up with something that's gonna when the ceo looks at our page he's not gonna see like wendy's content where it's me shit talking a client or, or doing hot takes on a, on a topic 
Um, so right. w what kind of uh, distinctions uh, would you want to do there? Um, I just want to kind of get a starting ground for a B2B page because um, I feel like we haven't quite dove into that stuff just yet. And then I think we're, we're all good. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, at the end of the day, like if, if part of your audience uh, doesn't want to see Wendy's content, you just don't post Wendy's content. Yeah. Um, and I think ultimately the, the content that brings in the person who's looking for you, the person who's looking for you doesn't find you on Instagram is the fact. Um, the person who's looking for you is probably finding you on, uh, you know, uh, LinkedIn or Google. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to B2B. So like, I think the biggest, the biggest differentiator um, is going to be what platforms you're on, right? It's not going to be, it's not going to be the content. It's going to be the platform. So, so, so focus um, on LinkedIn, really. Yeah. LinkedIn is a really great place. Uh, it really depends though, because um, uh, wh what they're going to want to do in particular is showcase uh, photos or videos of the use. So um, we want to show photos or videos of, of people, um, and I don't really understand what the technology is, but underwater or um, it's it's a radar or, system that you can use underwater. Okay, so yeah. perhaps just using it, or per, and, and a similar situation, right? Like infographics that showcase the technology. Um, but at the end of the day, most people don't really care about the technology, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, most people care about what is the problem that it's solving. Yeah. Um, so if you can showcase what the problem is, what the problem is that it's solving. Uh, that's that's going to be your best thing. And Perfect. if you can showcase people using it, that's even better. Okay. Um, and if you can, you know, ha have social proof on there um, saying, okay, well, these people are backing us up, kind of co-signing for the product. Um, that's really great. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the actual fundamentals are going to be the same, whether it's B2B or B2C. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's going to be, the differentiating factors are going to be what platforms you're on. And uh, obviously you have a different product or a different service. So the, the content that you're sharing. No, I think that really answers a lot of questions, especially for me, like, because I, I learned that the hard way. No one gives a crap about what I do. No one cares yeah, that I'm using this cares. encryption. No one cares that I'm using this kind of backup and restore. They care that when the lights go out, people can get back to work and IT has it covered within five minutes instead of waiting two days. When they have a problem, yeah. they want to be able to call us and hear something either immediately or be guaranteed within 15 minutes to hear back. They don't want to wait two days or a day like their competitors. So I've started to really highlight that in our assessments and these kind of things. Um, and it does make a big difference. So um, yeah, the big thing I'd, I'd say is if you're trying to if you're trying to break things down, because we get into a, a habit of knowing too much about what we do, right? Yeah. We know the intricacies. So the big the big question I like to ask myself when I'm trying to break things down is like, what does that right? Like, what does it mean that I do this? It doesn't matter if I'm, I'm telling you all about this great strategy that we do. What does that mean for you? Yeah. And then in addition to that, if I'm trying to find out what does that mean for you, um, we like to ask uh, why seven times. Yeah. This um, is so you start with whatever, whatever you think you're achieving for the client. Yeah. Um, and then you say, well, why is that impactful? Why, why, why? Seven yeah. times. Um, and then by the time you hit seven, your answer is probably there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to use the Socratic method before we implement any solutions. Like I don't want to yeah. be selling people snake oil. I don't want to be doing anything that's not actually valuable. And if you can't answer why that many times, what you're doing probably is not that valuable to be frank. 
Um, yeah. I don't like speaking in absolute terms like that, but I, I do see a lot of people that just kind of act as a, this is one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of Gary Vee anymore is a lot of these people do just act as middlemen for mm-hmm. uh, Chinese trash that's just being mass produced. And they think that they're making a big difference in the world when in reality, they're one of 25,000 merchants selling the exact same mass produced garbage. And they're only in it to try to make $5,000 a month like they saw in a YouTube video. Um, and as, again, as soon as you peel back, why are you doing this to make money? Why? I don't know. Then you're not doing mm-hmm. the right thing. But in Vodasave's case, again, they did say thank you very much, especially for the specific deep dive on them. So thank you very much for the question. I appreciate it. Um, and then hopefully we can create more valuable content for you in the future. But in their case, again, they're making life-saving technology. Um, they're employing a ton of great people to get that done. Um, if, even if they save one life with the, with the different, uh, radar and sonar sensors that they're making. Um, I'm probably butchering it, but um, that's fantastic. And what my business does, we've been able to empower a number of other businesses, 45 small businesses, hundreds of different fire hall associations, um, people like Scotiabank, HBO we've worked with. So um, being able to, to look back at my last seven years and see that I've made a difference with those communities, that's what I'm all about. I have a lot of competitors and a lot of people in the space that end up getting exposed because they'll have a big presentation set up with thousands of people. They'll call in sick and then they get shown on Instagram at a hockey game. After all these people have paid for things ahead of time, they got their cash, they ran out the back door. So I think it is really important again to, to kind of highlight if you are one of those people that's really passionate about what you do, make sure that you're highlighting that and showing people like, I, can't, I got into this because it's something that I can't not do. Like, I don't know what I would do if I got taken away from IT stuff or being able to help educate people about things. And I, I, I always loved that kind of stuff. So I know a lot of other folks like yourself are, are fanatical about what we do. And uh, it's really good to know that we can start to use social media as a tool to highlight that stuff. So um, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on today, Gabby. It means a lot. Um, yeah, this is the first time I'm doing this. So hopefully we don't have another technical glitch. Um, so I do apologize to you about that. Um, is there anything that you would want to talk about or, or kind of promote? I know you have the course that you're doing right now, which again, I'm, I'm about halfway through. Um, I'm getting a tremendous amount of value out of it. Um, I'm very excited to, to kind of get that finished up. Um, I've, I know I want to schedule a meeting with you as soon as that's done, um, just from what I've learned in there. And uh, I really, really want to start taking the social media marketing and, and other marketing stuff very seriously. Um, so one, thank you for producing that. Two, thank you for coming on the show. And yeah, just let the people know if there's anything you want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just kind of want to echo that. I think a lot of the people, if, if you're on, on listening to this webinar now, um, this interview, whatever it is, um, you might be in a place where you want to learn a little bit more about social media. And again, we've been having this conversation in a very casual way. And um, I'm very much about taking action. And so uh, what I've done is I've created a social media training and I've actually done it just because I'm a little bit lazy and I don't want to keep training my employees on how to do social media. So uh, this is the exact training that I give my employees when they start working for me um, on how to manage social media. So after they do this training, they go in and they uh, start working on client accounts. And so I'm really confident with the training that is, is in this, um, or with the content that's in this training. And, uh, I just want to provide that to as many people as I can. So, um, as of right now, it's, uh, almost two o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, if, 
if any of you are interested in, uh, you know, getting this training and taking action, uh, what it is is there's there's nine courses, and then every course has a video, um, a written out module, and then an action based. Uh, application exercise at the end, so that at the end of the nine modules, uh, you'll have a month and a half to three months worth of content created for your business. So uh, you'll have everything ready to go and it, you'll, it'll take you through everything that we've talked about today. So everything from identifying who your target market is to uh, identifying what platforms, learning a little bit more about uh, you know, Google Analytics and then ultimately converting that audience. Uh, and it does talk for both uh, service-based businesses and product-based product-based businesses. Um, so I'm really happy with how this, this training has turned out. Um, and everybody who has tried it so far is just loving it, uh, just like yourself, Jake. Yeah. Um, and so if uh, anyone here is interested in signing up, it's learngoodcommerce.com. Um, and up until Friday, I'll leave this special introductory pricing on. Uh, it's only $99. And uh, I, I'm also going to throw in an extra bonus if you do sign up before the end of day on Friday, and that's going to be a 30-minute one-on-one with me. Um, and I, I don't normally do this, but I know if, if somebody's watching this, they probably are going to have a little bit of extra questions. I usually like to do a little Q&A section. So uh, at the end of uh, when you complete the training, I'm happy to hop on a call with you and answer any questions that you have, um, if you don't have any clarifying questions. And it also gets you into the good commerce uh, community on Facebook. So you can ask any questions in, in that group as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good point as well. Um, in regards to the, the package at learngoodcommerce.com, um, again, I just want to say that that is very, very viable. $99. I thought you were charging $999 when we first talked about it. And after I got a bit of a sneak pre a peek at it from you, um, I would have paid that. So thank you again for making it so accessible for people who are either social media marketers right now or they're people who own small business that are interested in it. Um, it's super, super valuable. I recommend folks check it out. And as you mentioned just now that I forgot about, uh, the Good Commerce group on Facebook. So I've been part of that for about a year now. Um, I'm one of the lurkers. I don't post. Um, but it is, again, a community of other business owners and other people interested in learning about this kind of stuff. And um, I've seen some people post some things and met some people through there and, and it has been really valuable. So I would recommend people on Facebook, check out your good commerce page as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that pretty much does it. We're coming up on two o'clock here. So um, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I hope this video gives everybody a good foundation to start implementing their social media marketing strategies for their business. Uh, please make sure to check out GD Commerce, Umbrella IT Services, and Gabby's online social media course using the links in our description. So uh, just down below here, you will see GD Commerce, uh, learngoodcommerce.com, and gdcommerce.ca. Um, so if you do want to get that half hour, sit down with Gabby and get her full course, you can purchase it there. Um, no affiliate links with us. It's just supporting Gabby and a small business in Vancouver. Um, so again, thank you everyone for tuning in. I want to give a big thank you to uh, Vada Safe for asking that question during the stream. And if anyone does have any questions or would like to see future interviewees or topics covered, please let me know. We're going to be doing an interview every Wednesday. Um, I've got Kevin coming in from uh, his company, Yardstick Services, to discuss WordPress development and WordPress security and website design for small businesses and nonprofits uh, in two weeks. And I've got another Kevin coming in to talk about branding and um, messaging and marketing 
uh, next Wednesday. So I'm very excited to have him on. So if you could please leave a like on the video, it really helps us out. Uh, if you want to see more videos like this, please subscribe. And if you have a suggestion for a future video, please leave a comment below or email us at techtips at umbrellaitservices.ca. Have a great day, everybody, and we will see you soon. Thank you again, Gabby, for coming on. Thanks Bye. so much. Bye-bye.